To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. And uh, I got a great guest today. Um, he was just a rookie last year, and now he's like the uh, MVP of everywhere you go. You see him all the time. And that is George. George, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like I just met you last year, but I, I feel like I've known you forever. It's been just that quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody tells me the same. It seems like I've been there way longer than I have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Um, now, before I get to any other stuff, tell me, um, how did you even hear about the Cubs job? How did you hear about it? <laughs> that was funny. Um, Stan Mitchell. Yeah. You know Stan Mitchell. So me and him are in a group, in a Cubs group on Facebook. And a few years ago, he posted saying, you want to work at Wrigley, you know, sign up. And he posted the link. So I did it. I, I you know, I, I went on there. I filled out the app. And uh, a while went by, and I even forgot about it, you know. <laughs> so I got an email saying, was I interested in still coming in? And I was like, what is there to think about? Of course, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I go in, and, and I'm still at my interview and orientation and all that. And I'm still not remembering how they heard of me. You know, like, how did you guys know? So it wasn't until I was filling out my uh, onboarding stuff on, on Workday when I saw his name on there. I was like, that was it. Hello. You know? So, yeah, I made it a point to uh, go back on Facebook, send him a message thanking him. And uh, I finally, late last season, I finally got the chance to meet him and thank him in person. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> now, I don't remember how we met but i feel like i met i've known you forever but i don't i don't remember i'm sure we met at a gate i'm sure we met at a gate but um i just 
Now I can't even imagine going to work and not seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked if I live there. I know. <laughs> uh, so what was your when you got the uniform and you walked into the stadium for the first time as an employee personally? What did it feel like your first day? I mean, it was something that I had done before, walked up into the stadium like that because I love Cubs games. But to do it for the first time as an employee was different. It was like it was my first time there. You know, it was it was surreal. It was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, what made you decide? Because we're going to talk about, talk about this for a minute. What made you decide to bring the family on board? Because I want to tell you the... I told you some of the cons of it, but what what made you want to bring the kids on board and tell us who they are? Well, I figured if I get at least half of them on board, you know, they'd see how hard it is to get tickets and to go to the games when you're working, you know? So, I mean, they were both excited as well. You know, they were, I don't know who was more excited when I got my job. Was it them or me? But um, I know they were excited and, when they when they were getting close to that age of working, they started asking me, Dad, can we work with you? Can we work with you? You know, so they've been thinking about it too. You know, so when the time came, I told them, Well, let's see, let's see what you got. You know, and here we go. <laughs> here so we what are. What are the names and what departments are they in? So George Jr. is an SSA with us, and Jonathan is a GSA. Now, did I any one of them? Okay, I remember you messaging me, telling me that one of them was was applying, um, and I remember telling you, "Get ready to spend a whole lot of money because uh, every game <laughs> is hungry. Every game, Frank, what a card at? What a card at? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't lying, man. You weren't lying. And they have their own money, and they still come. Exactly. To <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and Jordan is an allowance. Oh, I just, I just don't under, I just, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was late to this recording with you because he wanted yeah. to take it to the game. I'm like, like <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys, give us a break here, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, again, though, it is, but it is fun to see them around it because when Jordan was nominated for uh, Ambassador of the Year or whatever, it made you, it, I felt good. So it's good to see them working, actually. Uh, it is, it is, you know. That's something I use to show my kids. You know, when I won last year, I. I took my oldest, and I, I took him for that reason. I wanted to show him, you know, hard work pays off, you know. Yeah. Don't ever be too good for any job. Whatever you need to be done, you do it, you know. And, I mean, I, I tried I tried to instill that in them, and I'm hoping that now that they're with us that they can show that off and that I'm hoping something stuck, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, and this, I'm just going to speak for me. Uh, with Jordan now making all this money, I expect a good Father's Day gift. I, I mean, a good gift. <laughs> Every year for the rest of your life. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so let's go all the way back. Tell me about uh, you the kid. Where did you grow up at? Uh, how were you in school? Good kid, bad kid? Let's go all the way back. Well, let's see. When I was born, we used to live right on the corner of Wilton and Cornelia. So that's like a block up from Wrigley Field, yeah. you know. My my dad, I remember, he used to give us money every time we had a chance and we'd walk right up the alley to games all the time. My older brother being the lead, you know. So he'd be like, you guys want to go? It's like, hello, what do you think, you know? Here we go. We go to the games. So uh, 
unfortunately, you know, things started to change around. The rents got a little higher. We couldn't afford it. So we had to move out a little bit south, a little bit more, a little bit more, you know. And uh, we just – we I've always been a Cubs fan, though. That's never changed, you know. Now I live out here by Midway, and people ask me, how, how are you a Cubs fan? And I was like, you don't understand, you know. It's just something I grew up with. My old man was a Cub fan, so that was just something that I grew up with, and I loved the Cubs. And when I got the job there, it was like a dream come true, you know. And now my kids are seeing how much fun I'm having and how great it is to work there. And now they, they've joined the team so they can find out for themselves, you know. So were you, were you the, the the bad kid in school, the good kid in school? How was what was school like when you were growing up? And where did you go to? Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to high school over here on the south side, over on Archer in California. It was called Kelly High School. Right. Um, I wasn't always the bad kid, you know. Like I would miss school sometimes because I was outside playing basketball instead of being in school, you know. So like I was getting in trouble, but. It wasn't like bad stuff. Like I was out there shooting people or selling drugs or anything. I was always out there being distracted. Pretty much is what it was. I was out there playing basketball, you know. But I mean, I I I never failed. I I always kept decent grades. I'm not gonna say that they were the best, but I always kept decent grades, you know. So I wasn't always the bad kid, but I did have my moments. <laughs> now, growing up, because you're a Cub fan, who were some of the Cubs or announcer, either one? Um, who got you into the game? Like, what, what were some Cubs back then growing up that you were like? Like for me, it was Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa got me into this. Who were some of the Cubs and Harry Carey? Who were some of the Cubs for you that got you hooked? Honestly, back then when my old man used to watch him, I, I do remember Harry Carey, you know. Um, but I remember growing up, I the more the ones I remember the most are Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, you know, Sean Dunstan. All those guys. Yeah, I, I still remember that the game I was watching. Andre Dawson came up to bat. I believe it was the first pitch of the game and he hit the home run. I'll never forget that. You know, after that I was like, Yeah, I love it, you know, and I love all sports. But there's something about baseball I lo- I like to follow a little more a little more, a little better. Now you said you're a cup fan, so do you remember exactly where you were? And what you were doing when the Cubs won the World Series? Yes. I was at home trying to stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) I had had a long day at work. I was very tired. But I was like, I'm not missing this. I'm going to watch these games, you know. And sure enough, it was like right towards the ninth inning when we were down, I believe, to the last out. My girlfriend woke me up. My kids are like, wake up, wake up. You know, I woke up right when they were throwing the last, you know, the last out. I woke up. And when I saw that, it was like when I was waking up and I didn't ask any questions. I just started yelling with everybody else. You know, it was like, I don't know what was going on, but I was yelling. I saw that play, though, and it was like it was miraculous, man. I couldn't believe it had just happened. You know, I can't say I watched the whole game, but I did watch that final out. I'm the opposite of you. I watched the whole game, but not the final out. Oh, my God. <laughs> because um, I tell you all the time, my, I have a heart. My heart just can't take the Bears in the cup. My heart, I get I get like nervous <laughs> when games are tied and it's not going away. I, I, get, it. I get it. Yep. My heart will pound through my chest. 
Like, I don't. So I did not know that they won until I heard the horns and the siren outside. I'm like, oh, they won. Turn the TV on. I'm happy. So right. I'm to you. I watched the entire game, but not the ending. So, okay. Couldn't take it. Um, but- now, tell me, tell me about some of the um, friends and people that you've made at Wrigley. Because one thing I've noticed at Wrigley Field is that we are truly a family, even though people say every job, but I've noticed at this job more than others, uh, we're truly a family. Uh, so what are some people that you've met, some friends you've made there uh, while you're at Wrigley? Wow. Where do I start? It's a long, long list, you know? And, uh, like, it's pretty much family, you know. I, I mean, I see them as friends, but I see everybody as family there. You know, I have yet to have a negative experience there with anybody. You know, um, I mean, I've made friends with supervisors, with coworkers, with security, with uh, Levy people, everybody. You know, uh, I, I think I would have to say that my biggest friend, my biggest supporter there would have to be Terry. Yeah, so I've seen you and Terry together a lot. Yeah, Terry Buck. Yeah, you know, and I've been asked if I'm his brother before, too. (laughs) No, we're not brothers. You know, we do work a lot together, but no, I'm not his brother. (laughs) Yeah, I think think Terry lives there, too, I think. He's always there. Terry, yeah. And, um, I mean, I know Chelsea. She's a rookie, too. She's in her second year, but she's she's been a a very good friend, a big help. Um, A few supervisors, uh, including you. I mean, you... You've helped me a lot, and not just at work, but you've helped me a lot, you know, and I really appreciate that from you and all the other supervisors that, you know, they they look out for you. They're not just your supervisors. They're also your friends. Hey, Wrigley fam, Kat Garcia here. You may remember me from my days working with y'all at the ballpark before I became a full-time baseball writer. Well, I'm here to tell you that now I'm back and I've started a new podcast, too. It's called Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia. Since I left to pursue my career in sports journalism, I've met so many incredible journalists and media members, even some outside of the scope of sports. And all of these folks are people whose work you already read or may be familiar with. And one of my favorite things about working in this industry has been hearing all of the great advice, lessons learned, and the sometimes downright hilarious stories that have been swapped over drinks with all sorts of incredible journalists and people. And oftentimes, I wish that our audiences were around for these truly authentic, fun, and sometimes candidly booze-infused conversations. So I decided I'm bringing them to you in podcast form. Join me for Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia, where I sit down with some of your favorite people in sports and journalism, like Lawrence Holmes, Scott Merkin, Maddie Lee, and Brett Taylor, just to name a few, to show you what life in sports and journalism is really like. So pour yourself a tall one or grab a hot coffee and join us. Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia is available now on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter for updates, info on past episodes, and more at at grabadrink underscore pod. Cheers and happy listening. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. 
take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Now, you also do tours as well, and um, for those that don't know, Ricky Fionn's tours are non-game days. Um, now, have you learned anything about Ricky Phil that you didn't know because of the tours? I learned some things I didn't know. Uh, I, just, I followed one of the tours when I was security. But have you learned anything about Ricky Phil that you didn't know because of the tours or tour guides? Um, oh, I love tours, man. They're so fun to follow. I follow them whenever there's a chance. I follow them because I love, I love to hear every different story from all the tour guides, you know. And one of the things I did learn was that when it was first built, the family that was responsible for building it was a nautical family, which explains why the bleachers are kind of a shape of a ship mast, you know. And you see where they hang the, the flags above yeah. the scoreboard. That's off a ship, too, you know. Yeah, so, like, right. all the flags around, that's all because they were a nautical family. You know, that was something I did not know. It was something I found very interesting. I did not know that either. You just said it right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I did not know about the um, – I knew that the Bears had played there, but I did not know the, re I did not know the green and yellow scoreboard before it was red. Um, right. The scoreboard, the, uh, the marquee outside. Uh, yep. From – uh, make it the tour. I highly recommend tours for anybody. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, how much Cubs merchandise do you have? I'm just curious. I know you have a lot. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, the biggest thing I got is hats. Okay. How many do you have? Uh, well, I'm building my collection back up. I think right now I'm at about 35 maybe. Yeah. 35 or 40. It's not much right now. I used to have a bigger one, but then I had kids and I had to go out the window for a while. Yes. But now that they're old enough, I'm hoping they're able to buy their own dinner and I could buy me a hat, you know, once in a while. But yeah, I do have a lot of shirts. I have jerseys. Uh, like I said, the main thing is hats. I do have a few pairs of shoes that match all my stuff too. So yeah, I know the feeling because you know the the, the cup obviously. Uh, this is no secret. The supervisors, we get special things here and there. And uh, I'll get to hold it in my hand for maybe two hours. Yeah. And next you know, Jordan is it. It just becomes Jordan's, and I don't have it anymore. So I know I know how it feels to try to build a collection. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, we got those nice City Connect book bags supervisors got, and I've never seen it. I got one, but I've never seen it. I never seen yeah. it. I saw it too, man. That is a nice book bag. Yeah. I have one. I just I've never seen it. I'm sure that Jordan knows where it is, but I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, now, what are your predictions? What are your thoughts about uh, where the Cubs are going to be this year? I'm saying between 80 to 85 games they're going to win. Uh, what, what's your prediction for the Cubs? What do you think about the Cubs? What's your prediction? I honestly, I'm around at the same. You know, I was thinking maybe 75, 80 games or something. You know, I, 
I have some hope for this team. We have some good talent on there. Um, I don't know. Maybe we just need them all to be playing at their best at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we we can keep them healthy. But uh, they're also playing together for the first time. They're sort of all new. Uh, right, they haven't, they haven't been together that long, so it's sort of you know. Sort of yeah, new. absolutely. And then we have the uh, the uh, White Sox coming in uh, next week. Uh, that's yeah. always fun, especially if you're security. But that's always fun. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> what's what's your uh, prediction for Cubs versus Sox? I mean, if we're playing the way we're playing right now, we might win one. So I believe it depends on the weather. I feel like if the weather is going to be 70 to 80, we're going to win 30 to nothing. But if the weather is cold, we're going to lose by one. That's just, that's just how I think it's going to play out. It depends on the weather. I feel like in the weather, that is, this is good. true. They do great. And the weather is not so good, I don't know. That's, what I, that's my prediction. Yeah. This is true. I, I, I agree. Uh, weather does have to do a lot with it. You know, not all of our guys are used to this weather, yeah. especially just barely coming here. So that's going to take some getting used to, too, you know? Yeah. Now, I want to end on my last topic is a topic that we have in common, and that is food. And um, you recently had the chance to experience what I've been having for years, which is the all-you-can-eat brunch at Smoke Daddy. You finally got to do that. Uh, t- tell our audience what your opinion is of the all you can eat brunch at Smoke Daddy. Well, I've already asked to see if they have a room I can rent there, <laughs> so I had never have to leave. But uh, unfortunately, they don't have something there like that, uh-huh. so I just keep going back as much as I can. Every time I have a Sunday off and the kids are around, I, I don't even have to ask. I just tell them, "Get ready, we're going to eat." They already know. Yeah. They know what time it is. You know, that smoke daddy never fails. Now, believe it or not, the brick house argony brunch is bigger than the smoke. Like I told you about this. It's bigger than the smoke daddy one. Um, really? It's insane. Yes. Don't tell my kids that. <laughs> now, <laughs> the only problem with the brick house is that they put alcohol in their, uh, in their donuts and their pastries and whatever. So kids can't go because oh. there's some. Um, Let's, let's just say there's some adult stuff in their breakfast food that they put in there, actually, which is actually unique well, and pretty good. What the kids won't know won't hurt them. You know, <laughs> it's all right. Um, we'll yeah, the, the brick house allows you have, have, you have to get up and they have stations. They have a, a brisket station. They have a Ooh. omelet station. Uh, they have a chicken and waffle station. They have what? a cake station. <laughs> Um, they have this one station that has different types of macaroni and cheese, like brisket macaroni and cheese and regular macaroni and cheese. And then they have what? Uh, sausage link station and a turkey sausage link and a bacon station. It's just an amazing all you can eat thing that nobody really knows about. Because when I went there, it was like empty. A lot of people don't know, wow. about it, but you have to try out the and and for them, the, the juices and things are included in the price. So, um I just gave out. You might have, you might have just told the wrong person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I will tell you this: there's a rumor that they're going to have a third brunch at another Galloway place too. So all you can eat brunch. So they're really going to have wow. a, in a food coma pretty soon. Um, well, in Galloway, let's, 
that's a risk I'm willing to take. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, I usually let my guests uh, sometimes ask me a question. You have one question you want to ask me? So I see you running around all the time, yeah. mostly with tunnel vision because you're on a mission sometimes. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> Like, I'll say hi, Frank, and you're just like, hi. You know, you don't even look because you're doing something, but you know somebody saying hi, you say hi. What What would you say is the hardest part of your job? Ooh, the hardest part. I think it is um, two things, two things. <clears throat> One is, uh, because I have been there for so long, um, I'm used to being able to run from the... Uh, concourse, up the ramp, or the stairs, to the upper deck, to the terrace, back and forth, whatever. And uh, I've witnessed that yep. right now that I need to use the elevator. So, so the, one of the hardest parts is realizing that I'm actually getting older. Like I, I'm not that same <laughs> teenager or that twenty-year-old or that thirty-year-old. Uh, so I, I am realizing that I'm getting older. I, just, I just am, and I'm just not, you know, ready to admit it yet. Uh, but my body's like, you can't, you can't go. Take the elevator. So, um, I think the second thing is managing different personalities, right? Uh, because when you have a staff that large, um, there are different personalities. And okay. if you don't watch it, somebody will push you to curse them out. And you have to be able to, you have to be able to understand that this is work, and they may be, they may be having a bad day. They could have had something right. bad home uh and, it, and they're taking it out on you because they see you uh and angle the fans too sometimes you know again i told this funny story i was called a communist the other day and <laughs> i just had to laugh about it because i just thought it was just what about me says communist i just thought it was the most funniest thing ever so uh oh think, my God. yeah being able to manage the personalities and being able to have a you know sometimes have a thick skin and understand that, you know, this person may be having a bad day and you can't treat person A like person B, right? You can't That's paint right. everybody under the same brush. So I try very hard to get to know people, right. and understand them, uh, and not judge them because uh, they're just many, many personalities. Uh, you have to be able to know who can do what. Like, you know, I know you can get a radio, hear what to do, you can go and do it. Somebody else, maybe I got to sit there and show them. I have to explain it to them. It doesn't make them less than anybody else. It just means right. I gotta explain it to them and show them how to do that. So that was a long answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> that's a great answer. You're good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I try to be, you know, I try to be a good, I try to be the leader that I would want or the supervisor that I would want. That's what I try to be. Like, you know, I try to be one of the power in my head. Uh, I see it. Yeah, I, I can see it and I can feel it. I can see it and I can feel it both. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good right. I want to kick somebody out. I'm just but it's <laughs> my ego. I got to understand that you know, right? And be set aside. You treat people how you want to be treated. They're Absolutely. Just, they're just drunk right now. So okay. Right. right. Um, yes. Well, George, uh, I got to get your kids on next one these days to talk about you, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting Mistaken Identity, the podcast, and supporting Jordan, who I know will be listening to this as well. Uh, any final statements and final, final comments, George? Uh, thank you for having me. You know, thank you for thinking of me. Uh, 
Hello to everybody that I know. Hello to everybody I don't know. I will meet you soon. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate yes, it. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next episode. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Oh, 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 oh,